Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Ope, a podcast. Today, we're just uh, two hosts today. It's me, Jason, and the other is... Griffin Most. And today, we'll be bringing you a very short and quick podcast, hopefully, uh, to recap our victory over the Maryland Terrapins last weekend, and also preview against our away matchup in Evanston versus the Northwestern Wildcats along with other discussion topics like the Big Ten West, uh, the Gopher team itself, and other sports. So to get started, Griffin, how, how much did we win by last week? Oh, God, what was it, 34 to t- thirty-four to 16? So is that 18? Yeah, and, and, and that's a game where I think all of us predicted a one-score win, and that's like three scores right there. Um, but no, it was, I'd say watching the game, this wasn't a game Griff where I was pulling my hair out, like in the, and during Nebraska, right. I was pulling my hair out on what maybe one side of the ball of our team is doing, but this is the one game I can honestly say offense, defense, and most uh, special teams play like what we expect this team to be. Like our offense just ran the ball on the ground on them chewing clock i think 37 minutes off the clock um total um tanner he didn't throw much it was only eight for 12 so that's a high completion percentage for only 125 yards but like he stayed clean no interceptions no fumbles as well from his end uh o-line played dominantly defense just had had at it with tolia getting that fumble in the opening drive you know making him flustered and uncomfortable um you know it was a great day to be a gopher, if I'm being quite honest. No, you're you're completely right. Um, I would agree with your pulling your hair out statement about 98% of the time. The only time was the first quarter for me, where after forcing a turnover, we can't score points. Like, that just pisses me off beyond belief. I'd say that's the only thing the gophers need to get better at, but yes, overall... Like, the play calling was great, uh, well, for the most part. Uh, Tanner didn't throw a ball the last 20 minutes of game clock. Like, we Ooh. just kept and getting first downs, which is all we needed. Like you said, it was basically 40 to 20 in time of possession. There was, we basically gave up the touchdown at the end as a, here's some sympathy points, give us the ball back so we can run the clock out. Yep. Like, that was an outstanding performance, uh, mostly by our offensive line and our uh, running backs. But I also want to give a shout out to um, Connor Olson for making that school record 52nd start. 52 starts. That's absolutely incredible and good for him. And I can't wait to have him finish out the season with us uh, with all those starts. Yeah, you know, kudos to him. Um, but no, I think it was a great game. So let's get into stats and let's look at the box score, Griff. Um, so Tanner Morgan, we already mentioned it, was 8 for 12, um, 125 yards with 10.4 average. Um, again, solid day for Tanner. Uh, in terms of rushing, our lead rusher was our true freshman or redshirt freshman running back, Kai Thomas who had 21 carries, 139 yards with one touchdown. Uh, behind him was Bucko Irvin, who had 15 carries for 105 yards. So he, as a true freshman, broke his made, made his first 100-yard uh, game. 
uh, and scored his first touchdown too. Uh, Bryce Williams uh, had 13 carries for 48 yards for one touchdown. Uh, our Wildcat quarterback Cole Kramer had five uh, carries for 30 yards, making one touchdown as well in the red zone. And Tanner had a design quarterback run for one uh, one carry for five yards. Um, and then I think we did uh, lose a yard or uh, by one of the running or one or a potential sack. But overall, running backs feasted at 326 yards of total offense on the on the ground alone. You know it's a good day when your second leading rusher still has more rushing yards than Maryland's entire team that included four rushers. Um, credit to credit to the Gopher defense on there. Credit to um, Boye Burns. Oh, yeah. Kenny that Burns. too. Kenny Burns is, I don't even know, a god, uh, for lack of a better term. Him and Joe Rossi, like, I want them here long-term. What do we yeah. got to do? No, because looking at quick stats, um, Maryland's rushing was only at 79 yards the entire game. And right now, with that game in the books, the Gopher defense, so led by transfer Jack Gibbons from Abilene Christian, uh, Mar- uh, with Mario Sorry, Marin, Jordan Howden, uh, T-Time, Asezi, Coney Durr, Thomas Rush, Justin Wally, Niles Pickney, Braylon Oliver, MJ and like all those guys that I can't list all because there's just, you know, amazing players in their own facets during the last couple of seasons are the top five rushing defense in the nation. And we were like, I think ranked 102nd in FBS last season. And remember, it's 130 FBS programs. So we were very, very low on the totem pole, and it would be the skyrocket ourselves the, in the top 10 into those stats. So, you know, our rushing defense is amazing. Yeah, and there's um, there's a stat out there by uh, PFF um, that had something on Boye Mafe, and I think it had to do something with pressures on third and fourth down. Uh, <laughs> and that is of no surprise, I think, to anybody our whole defense just in general because we're the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers, a lot of our players will fly under the radar. Yep. For sure. Yeah, but I do I don't want to neglect our wide receivers though. I do want to make some keynotes on them. Uh Mike Brown Stevens uh was uh was uh actually our two top receivers uh had the same amount of yards as uh, in this case Mike Brown Stevens took the lead with only one reception for thirty five yards. Crab had four receptions for 35 yards. Uh, Bucko actually had one reception for 28 yards, being involved in the passing game. Coquite had that 21-yard catch when Tanner was flushed out of the pocket and just made that throw down the sideline. And then um, Brady Boyd uh, was also one catch for six yards as well. So even though we only had 125 yards of total receptions, uh, Yard-wise, um, it's I'd say it was a good day for our receivers too. Even though like they didn't play much, like they, they, they knew their, they know their routes, they know how to get separation, and just you know made things easier for Tanner. And I just enjoy seeing that, even though it was a mainly a rushing attack kind of day, but our receivers still balled out, um, and only having four incompletions as well. Yeah, I think it's okay to, uh, I think it's okay to sometimes neglect the receivers in a podcast when you know because everyone knows 
how good our receivers are or how good they can be and their their ceilings are still so high uh, but it's it's there's just something so great about having your one scheme that everybody knows you are literally going to run and yet you still just absolutely dominate them like there were holes everywhere there it's almost like every rushing play there wasn't a hole and I mean, one thing PJ wanted when he got here was a better offensive line, and here we are. <laughs> and, like, a lot more experience, too. Like, I hate to say it, Griff. I, do, I don't want to see Daniel Falele go. I don't want to see Blaze Andrews go, Connor Olsen. <laughs> or, Axel uh, Rushmire. Like, the Minnesota Moving Company right now is, like, the most stable we've ever had in a very, very long time. Um, very experienced. They're big. They can get physical. Um you know, and not, not, and not just that, the depth behind them. Because remember, I think it was Axel Rushmeyer and a couple other guys were rotating in last season because guys were off of COVID. Or in this case, Curtis Dunlap Jr. had an ACL tear and Daniel Filelli opted out for the season. So like, it was really just only Blaze Andrews, Connor Olson, John Michael Schmidt rotating in and out as best they can. And if they, got, if they were on COVID tracking, they were off the team, at least for that game too. So like, you know, Man, I I love this offensive line. They they played so physical, and like and certainly they bounced back very very well um, since the Bowling Green uh, fiasco uh, a few weeks ago. So I'm glad the offensive line is getting way much better. They know what they're doing now. They better communication as well uh, on at the line of scrimmage, and you know that's going to be very crucial in the stretch coming up for uh, Big Ten play for the remainder of the season. Um, anything else to cover from for this game for Maryland? Any tidbits notes uh the only i mean the only other like comment i have is like i can see how talented their their receivers could be uh just the ones that played but again our our defense not giving tegavailoa enough time to even sometimes make a good read uh but i mean you you watch them run routes you watch them off the line of scrimmage uh you can see that their potential is up there, um, and but I mean I'll take I'll take your wide receiver three as your wide receiver one for that game if 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 that's the case because I want to win. Yep, I will also note this too. Um, the Terrapins had a bad day with penalties too. They had uh, eight flags called them for seventy nine yards uh, for this game. Um, a lot of, you know, there's like, they got, they had like a, one major one was like a legal substitution during a punt where two players of the same number were on the field. Number 99, uh, was a big one. So, um, to, to talk a little bit about Maryland, you know, they're four and three right now and they don't have an e- they don't have a favorable schedule moving ahead cause they are in the big 10 East. Do you think Mike Loxley could get bowling or bowl eligibility probably? Oh man, we got to look here. Cuz like so they have they, so their next game this Saturday is Indiana. And I'm going to I'm going to give them the dub for that. But then they have number 20 Penn State who just lost in nine overtimes to Illinois at Happy Valley. Um so Penn State's going to play with a vengeance. Then they got number 8 Michigan State the number six Michigan and remember Michigan State and Michigan plays this Saturday. 
to beat so essentially someone's not gonna be undefeated and then they play Rutgers last so I think they could get bowling if they beat uh, Indiana and Rutgers but I won't be surprised if Indiana and Rutgers put up a fight and like make uh, Maryland go maybe four and eight at the end of the season yeah I think they could go bowling but it's again those kind of like you mentioned the games that they could win is going to be Indiana and Rutgers uh, and that's if they were to win but I see if if they win Indiana and then lose the next three to Penn State, Michigan State, and Michigan, there's still a team that I could see at, okay, sure, they could be a team that tries and they'll have all their starters in because they want to get that sixth win to go bowling. Mm-hmm. Or do they just kind of give up at the end of the season? It's like, well, we're going to Detroit or the Red Box or the Pinstripe Bowl. Like, I who cares? I, I don't, is this still a quick lane bowl? Because I don't see it on the Big Ten Bowls list. Oh gosh! I don't know. We should. Uh, I'll, I'll dig. Should... I'll, I'll dig for it while we move on to the next piece. But yeah, you know, you know, I, you like you. Our crew knows people that are from Maryland. They go to school. They they were you know they they see Maryland in a favorable light. And you know, I just feel bad for them. Like, come on, guys, like Maryland, you can you can play better than this. So hopefully, they go bowling, make their fans. Because I don't think they've been bowling in a very long time as well so give them a chance to go and their marching band those people are nice i will say that but um anything else or you want to move on to uh our next matchup yeah let's move on all right all right so next hey everyone i have to interject here unfortunately uh griffin and i's conversation to preview northwestern uh did not turn out the way we wanted to unfortunately my audio on my mic right here um muted itself i don't know how i think i did it when i took a drink of water uh, through that conversation so essentially the last i say two-thirds of the podcast did not go through uh the original recording so here is a quick recap from aria so essentially the golden gophers will be playing at evanston uh, near the chicago area against the northwestern wildcats led by head coach pat fitzgerald uh, their team overall is three and four overall record wise and one in three in conference play which is uh, sixth place in the big 10 west the game will air on Big Ten Network uh, on Saturday, October the 30th at 2.30 p.m. Central Standard Time or 3.30 Eastern. Right now uh, on ESPN, their football power index or FPI has the Gophers favored by 67% versus 33% uh, for the Wildcats. Uh, with Vegas odds sitting at minus 7.5 favoring the Gophers with over-under being at 43.5 overall. So looking ahead, uh, Griffin and I did discuss that uh, right now we do have a couple names on that uh, Northwestern defense um, that we are a little worried about, but still it's a really different defense than past years. Again, a lot of them um, have either have graduated or moved on to other programs. So it's not the same defense from 2020 and 2019, but they're still uh, pretty solid. Uh, so it's not, not an opponent that you don't want to you know look over. You know We have to take this team seriously because looking ahead, Right now, the Gophers are still first in the Big Ten West, um, tied with Iowa. And Iowa and Wisconsin does have a matchup this Saturday as well. So if we walk away with the win, and fingers crossed uh, that Wisconsin takes the win, that bumps Iowa and Wisconsin to be tied a second uh, after this weekend. But looking ahead, we're excited with this matchup against the Wildcats. Again, not a point you want to overlook. Um, you know, they, they can run the ball well. Um, their quarterback is okay. Uh Typically, typically, uh, Lee on the run game, but did lose to Michigan last week, seven to thirty-three, but also beat Rutgers twenty-one to seven. So, we'll see how 
uh, next game pans out against the Wildcats. But uh, as for some predictions, preseason, I said we would lose to the Wildcats. Um, let's see here. I'd say we will lose 21 to 24 against the Wildcats. Uh, but if we did win, I'll take 38 7. Uh, Griffin said we'll take the win uh, for this game, looking how we, has, everything has gone week to week. And he'll take the Ghost 34 uh, 7. And then with a loss, um, 14 to 21. But uh, that's pretty much uh, the TLDR of what we talked about before I lost uh, connection to my mic. But again, thank you so much for watching, everyone, today's podcast uh, to recap Maryland and preview Northwestern. And we'll see y'all at the next podcast. And oh.